Hi, this is Dick Wagner. Welcome to the CrestCast podcast. We're going to talk about all things restoration, but we're mostly going to talk about sales, marketing, operations, and financial. From time to time, Bill Giannone will also be a contributor, and Bill's one of the co-founders of the Crest Network, and his expertise is in processes, some operations, and he is a wizard with the financial and can help you with your numbers. So he'll provide some of that information. I'm going to talk to you about what I really know and what I think I know really well. It's really on the topic of sales and marketing, and especially as it relates to the restoration industry. So today I want to talk about three types of plumbers that you're going to be marketing to. And since most of you in the residential marketing world are marketing to plumbers, there's a a unique way that you should be prepared to engage them. Many restoration marketers call on and solicit plumbing companies and plumbers on a day-to-day, excuse me, a day-to-day basis. The hope is to be able to convince one of those plumbers or all of them to send your company leads and jobs when they arrive at a plumbing job and they see a flooded home or business or they see a mold contaminated property. The reality is it's not quite that simple. It's not simple just by telling the plumber you'll give him a couple hundred bucks for the referral. And that's the the common amount. If you get into uh, South Florida, uh, you get into areas, uh, maybe Atlanta, uh, some of the bigger cities, L.A., you might see referral fees as high as $500 or $1,000. Many many restoration companies have now gone to a 10% finder's fee. If the job comes in at 10 grand, they're going to write them a check for a thousand bucks. All that does, of course, is it's a race to the bottom who can pay the most amount of money. And uh, it it kills your profit margin uh, unless you jack up the price and find ways to inflate your bill. And we certainly don't recommend that. As a marketing rep calling on this particular vertical, specifically plumbers, it's really important that you recognize the different types of plumbers so that you can increase your successes. The fact is not all plumbers are the same. Some do repair work. Some do only sewer and drain cleanouts. Some only do new construction. So what do you do that's different with each different kind of plumber? In addition to the basic differences that I just talked about, there are three additional factors that you really should be considering. You should be identifying what their corporate or their 
of specifically what their business structure is. And I'm going to simplify the three most common plumber types. We have first off the small shop. And those are, well, let me back up. We really have the one man band. That's some people refer to them as a chuck in a truck or a man with a van. Uh, and those are our one guy, one man in a van. Maybe he has a helper that works for him for probably part time. And they usually work out of their garage or their house. They rarely have a warehouse or an office space other than maybe their kitchen table. And their business phone is usually their personal cell phone. And they almost always answer it. So when you're, when you're engaging with a truck and a truck plumber, and you see that van snap a picture of it because uh, it very likely the phone number is on the side of his van. And that way you can call them and you can call them directly uh, to their cell phone. And you can send them text messages directly to their, their cell phone. And video text messages, very popular. Uh, you're going to say, you know, hey, Bob, I saw your van downtown, been trying to get a chance to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you about our referral program and how I can bring you money. Give me a call. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. Those are great ways to interact with those one man bands or the chuck in a truck. And then the small shop, which generally consists of maybe three to upwards of 10 people, and they're on payroll usually. Those small shops, they have several trucks and they have several crews, and they're far more visible in the community. They often try, you know, with limited success to copy or emulate the big boys so that so they will, some of them, if they're going to really stretch it, they're going to have lettered and or wrapped vans. Their crews may or may not have a uniform or, or at least a company shirt. Almost all of them will have some sort of a shop or warehouse that they operate out of. It might be very simple. It might be very basic, uh, but they will have a brick and mortar location where you can go and visit, where you can meet with them periodically and take them maybe a, a breakfast at 7 a.m. in the morning and feed all of their crew. Uh, get to talk to them about your referral program. And then number three, we have what I'm calling the big boys. These are plumbing companies with significant brick and mortar shops, huge warehouses, very nice, often very nice offices. And very likely they might even have several business line telephones coming in and they're answered by a dispatcher or a, a receptionist. 
Very often you will see their billboards around town and you'll certainly see their trucks all over the place. They tend to operate more like a bigger corporation and they generally will have a multiple office staff. They'll have many people that are operating the back office, bookkeeping, accounting, uh, collections, back uh, calling the customer back and following up with customer service. And they may have many crews. I mean, I know of plumbing companies in many areas that have as much as 30 or 35 or 40 trucks. I mean, talk about Atlanta or talk about Cleveland or St. Louis or El, El Paso, Dallas. These places, um, Los Angeles, they have uh, plumbing companies with 30 or 40 plumbers on staff, 30 to 40 vans operating around the community. They're, they're, they're big players and they're trying to dominate. Their prices might be a little bit more because they have a bigger overhead to maintain. But you probably, when you're engaging and interacting with them, you might be only engaging or inter interacting with a few of their plumbers. Remember that some of their plumbers will very likely do service. Some will do repairs. Some will do drain and plumb, uh, drain and sewer cleanouts. Some are going to do septic. Some are going to do new house construction. Some are only going to do commercial. And so um, you'll want to define and refine that and verify with them specifically what they do because somebody that uh, uh, only does new construction or the plumber that, that works almost day in and day out on new construction won't be quite as good a lead in general as your plumber tech that does regular sewer drain or repair type service uh, type plumbing. The biggest challenge you have for the chuck in a truck plumber is because you can't and you certainly should not, especially uh, if you are a woman, you should not go to their home. It's not appropriate. It's not safe. There's no question about it. I have one particular marketer. He's a big guy, six foot four, looks like a football player, uh, a big bushy beard. Uh, he's, he's not intimidated and, he, and they are not particularly uncomfortable with him coming to their home. He has pretty good success with the plumbers that he engages at their home, gets to have a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with them because he can go to their home. But the average female can't and should not go to a plumber's home. It's not safe in a in hundred different ways. So I'm not going to elaborate on that, but you, you simply, uh, you can't wait down the end of the street and wait for them and then follow them around town until they stop and get gas or coffee but you certainly can approach them at the gas station when they're getting their gas or coffee. You can approach them in the parking lot of the um, big box store 
you should be building relationships with plumbing supply houses so that you can uh, take them lunch or breakfast to the supply house and engage with the one chuck and a truck plumber there. And certainly the, the Lowe's and Home Depot parking lots are very doable, but your kids can't sit in those parking lots all day long. It pretty much has to be where you have a routine. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you go into a Lowe's or a Home Depot parking lot, you sit there for 20 minutes, and then the next time you go in there, you go in there at noon. And then the next time you go in there, you go in there at four o'clock. And you randomly change that up so that you can get the plumber that goes there first thing in the morning, uh, the plumber that goes there at the end of the day to try and get all of his supplies for the following day. You know, you have to pick those random times and it's hit or miss. The second challenge is that in small shops, they probably only have a handful of employees and a pretty small shop location. Your challenge here is that they may not staff that office during the day. Three plumbers, they come in, they get their assignments, and the boss and the three plumbers, they hit the road. They go out and they do their work. They lock up the shop and there's nobody there. So your challenge there will be to try and get in front of the owner to get an agreement and permission to come in at 7 a.m. and bring them uh, bagels and coffee or donuts or even something more elaborate like Chick-fil-A breakfast sandwiches or, or breakfast tacos or something like that. When you get to that owner and you get that agreement, set up a morning when you can come in and do that. And it's make it very transparent. You want to come in, talk to them, first off, provide them breakfast, and then talk to them for 10 minutes about your referral program and how you want to bring them money and why you want to bring them money. And that second challenge, that that second um, uh, small shop style of, of interaction uh, is a great way to build relationships with the smaller um, small shop operations that three to four to five to maybe as many as eight or nine guys, um, often they're three to four to five. And then the big challenge, the challenge for the big boys would be to build relationships with those individual plumbers, but often you will want to uh, engage them also in a morning 7 a.m. type breakfast. The bigger they are, the more formal their morning meetings will be. And if the owner or the manager is willing and agreeable, you can bring in breakfast or donuts or coffee and juice for those guys at 7 a.m. And again, also talk about the referral program. Um, and so that's the process 
those are the steps that you should think about when you're approaching the plumber world. The, the RMS program, the Restoration Marketing Specialist Program, it's a, it's a registered and trademarked program. We refer to it as RMS. It's a three-day course. It's often taught in Florida. So if, if your marketer wants to come to Florida, you want them to come to Florida, that's a great uh, environment for them. But it's going to be a three-day intensive eight to five course that teaches you all about the details of marketing to plumbers, all of the details about who to see, what to say, and what not to say as it relates to insurance agents. And it covers an incredibly broad array of marketing strategies for you to approach the residential market. I hope that you will at some point have the opportunity to attend the Restoration Marketing Specialist course. We've put somewhere over 125 or 150 people through this course. It's been incredibly successful. Um, I have had comments like, oh my God, I've been doing this for six years and I'm so embarrassed I've been doing it wrong for six years. Thank you, Jennifer, for telling us that. Jennifer has now changed about since she, since she attended that class about a year ago, she has completely turned her marketing strategy around and she's now getting four to five, sometimes she just told me the other day, eight referrals in a given week. And if you're getting 15 to 20 to 30 referrals from plumbers and, and insurance agents in a given month, that's really great. 25 or 30 is your target. And when you're doing that, we're doing exactly what we brag about doing. And that is when you attend the RMS course within the next year, you should be producing a million dollars worth of work for your boss. So I enjoy, I, I implore you to attend that RMS class. If you want to be on the notification list of when it's coming up, shoot me an email, dick at thecrestnetwork.com with your name and email contact info, and we'll include you on the next mailing list. So much for all of that. I'm Dick Wagner. I look forward to hearing from you. My cell phone number, I'm always available, 419-202-6745. Hope to talk with you soon. Appreciate you attending this Crestcast. Bye-bye.